Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're looking at six whistleblowers. That's correct, six whistleblowers. Now, according to the Daily Mail, six whistleblowers have come forward to spill the beans. I want to go through this article. There's some things in it that are kind of groundbreaking, and there's a couple things in here I'm just not so sure about. This article comes to us from dailymail.co.uk, written by Josh Boswell, dated April 26, 2023. And the title says, Exclusive, Six Whistleblowers Who Claim They Worked on Military UFO Programs Retrieving and Analyzing Crash Material have come forward to spill their secrets to senior members of Congress. Then it goes on and says, Lawyer Daniel Sheehan said he is in contact with at least six former officials or military contractors who say they worked on UFO programs. The whistleblowers claim they worked on Roswell-style UFO crash retrieval and reverse engineering programs and have spoken to members of Congress. The attorney is launching a watchdog charity pushing for greater government transparency on UFOs. You know, I don't have a good feeling when these guys come out and they make a big announcement that they've got the goods, but we can't have the goods because they're talking to Congress or whoever. I secondly don't have a good feeling when someone tells me they're going to set up a watchdog charity because you know, a charity organization is pretty tough to set up. There's a lot of oversight. You just don't get to go out and make one of these, I suppose, unless you're the Clintons, and not worry about where the money goes. So that's a that's Two red flags right there, but we'll continue. It says, Senior members of Congress have spoken to as many as six whistleblowers who claim they worked on Roswell-style UFO crash retrievals and reverse engineering programs, according to a top attorney, a leading Stanford scientist, and ex-UFO program officials. For decades, it has been the subject of spooky TV shows and sci-fi novels, the theory that the government has alien spacecraft in a bunker somewhere, and has been trying to disassemble and understand their technology. Well, that's been a that's been a thought for a long time, and with good reason. It says, but things are not. But things got a lot more real after Congress passed a law last year creating whistleblower protections for anyone who has worked in such mind-boggling secret programs, suggesting they may be more than just fiction. Well, that's a positive development. In 2023, National Defense Authorization Act, NDAA, signed into law by President Joe Biden in December, included an amendment requiring the Pentagon to give high-ranking senators classified reports on any previously undisclosed programs relating to unidentified anomalous phenomena. Now, see, they were calling it unidentified aerial phenomena. So they've changed the name on you again. They just can't stop messing with the verbiage. It's maddening, including with respect to material retrieval, material analysis, and reverse engineering. You know, I have to wonder what those guys are getting if it's not just some kind of glossed over, uh, uh, you know, limited hangout. In an exclusive, in an exclusive interview with DailyMail.com, Daniel Sheehan said he is in contact with at least six former government officials, or military contractors who say they worked on just such a system. You know what they say, first rule about Fight Club, don't talk about Fight Club. I'd really be concerned for these guys. And it has a picture of the of the uh, uh, attorney here, Daniel Sheehan, distinguished-looking, gray-haired older gentleman. goes on down, it says, Sheehan represents Lou Elizondo. This is a major red flag for me, because... Uh, people really, I get a lot of hate for saying this, for questioning Lou's story, but look, I'm not I'm not okay 
with uh, Lou reportedly, we don't know, allegedly getting uh, the Tic Tac video in a brown paper bag passed off to him by Christopher Mellon. That's the story. Don't know if it's true. Just putting it out there. But this idea that Lou uh, somehow ran this whole organization, when it turns out it sounds like it was just him. And the whole thing is just so cloudy and so opaque. Yeah, he worked in the DOD. But then it comes out and says, well, he was actually doing the UFO research on his own. We don't know what was going on. The whole thing is just, I don't know, it's just suspect to me. And now Lou is making money doing the uh, this doing the UFO circuit. Fine, whatever. But I've had people say, well, you know, you can't criticize Lou because he's not making any money off this. It's not true. These guys are all making money. And I don't begrudge them that. I mean, you know, it's... A person does need some kind of compensation just to survive. Okay, but that aside, still a little bit of a red flag. Sheehan represents Lou Elizondo, who ran a previous incarnation of the UFO office called ATIP until 2017. The attorney is also launching a watchdog charity pushing for greater government transparency on UFOs. Now listen, what do you need the charity for? For these charities, uh, this is not something that you should just undertake lightly. I mean, people go to prison for charity fraud. So I've got another red flag popping up right there. Sheehan said that some of these half-dozen whistleblowers briefed the staff of Senate committees dealing with military intelligence even before the NDAA passed and may have been the inspiration for senators to include the reverse engineering language. Well, maybe, but any of us that have been following this stuff for any length of time know that reverse engineering has been a hot topic for many years. There are half a dozen of them that have already gone and talked to them, he said. The Senate staff people were reaching out to some others. Sheehan says, witnesses who allegedly know about Roswell-style programs, including a former Defense Intelligence Agency director, I wonder if he's talking about Ratcliffe, have been referred for interviews with the Pentagon's UFO office, the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Well, we just saw what happened with, with Arrow. Uh, Kilpatrick shows up and says, I don't see anything. Look, you have to get this investigation completely out of the hands of the Pentagon if you want to have any kind of resolution. Okay, Set up a separate entity. I don't care if you outsource it to a university somewhere or whatever. You're never going to get the truth out of the Pentagon. Let's just be honest about that. A top Stanford scientist says he is also in touch with whistleblowers. And this is where it gets interesting now because we've talked about this guy before multiple times on the show. Immunologist and Nobel Prize nominee Dr. Gary Nolan. Remember Dr. Gary Nolan? He's the guy that ran the uh, experiments at Sanford where he said that the federal government brought in 150 people who had been injured by UFO contact and that a quarter of them died. That Gary Nolan, we did a whole thing on it, a whole series on the podcast. You can go back on the Buy Me a Coffee website. You can go to the links there. Okay, I'm going to continue. This is where I have another issue with this article. It says, Immunologist and Nobel Prize nominee Dr. Gary Nolan was commissioned by the CIA to investigate cases <clears throat> of the mysterious Havana Syndrome inflicting officials worldwide. Now, from why I understand, that statement right there is uh, completely untrue. I watched the videos with uh, Nolan. I've been digging around trying to find the exact quote on it. This stuff gets buried, let me tell you. But it's out there somewhere. Maybe there's a, maybe you could hit it in one of the links that I did on, on Buy Me a Coffee. I'm not going to spend four hours on this. But as I recall, and I, and I feel uh, sure enough about this that I would testify under oath, it's my recollection that when Gary Colum Nolan was interviewed in one of those uh, articles we did, or 
of the videos, he said that as the study progressed at Stanford, where they uh, examined these 150 people, they started to discover some things. They just started to discover that this certain region in the center of the brain was enlarged. Didn't know if it was from the accident. They thought it was just that these people happened to be more perceptive to UFOs, and that's why they reported the contact. And then he talked about another thing that happened with the brain that looked like uh, when somebody had, uh, I believe he said it was MS, where you have this kind of clouding on the uh, x-rays where the nerves are overstimulated. It's almost like an immune response uh, reaction. And then he talked about how... Uh, People were seriously injured from contact with these UFOs. These were all federal employees, I guess implying that maybe they were pilots or military people or whatever. They either they handled the material. He says that he has some UFO material locked away. So they either they touched this stuff or they were near proximity to a UFO, whether they were uh, working on it in a reverse engineering, reverse engineering program or whether they were a pilot or whatever. They were in close contact or even touched a UFO or UFO material and they were injured by it. So... He found two things in that study that most of the people that 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 were able to recognize UFOs, they had this enlarged area in the brain. Uh, it's almost like it gave them like uh, it was the area of the brain that's re that is associated with intuition. So it's like these people maybe were able to see UFOs that are there all along, but the rest of us don't see. That was kind of the that was kind of the takeaway from that. That was one part of it, a small part of it. The major part though, he was studying was that these people were actually injured by coming into contact with these UFOs or UFO material. And that was a very uh, negative uh, response. As he said, it looked like they, the, the brain x-rays looked like something from a person with MS where the immune system had, had over-responded and you had these cloudy areas in the brain. And in fact, out of those 150 people or so that, that he uh, examined, 25% of them, that'd be what, like 30-some of them, ended up dying. So they were killed by contact with this UFO. And then he goes on the interview and he describes how many of the symptoms were uh, very, very similar to what was being reported with Havana Syndrome, where the CIA agents around the globe were claiming that they had been targeted somehow and they were injured. And when he brought this up to the government, to the CIA, they shut him down. They didn't want to hear anything about it. That makes me think that it wasn't the Cubans or the Russians or the Chinese that were attacking these people. Some sort of interdimensional, extraterrestrial, whatever it was these guys were messing with, that's what caused it. Because they had the same sort of symptoms that the people could come in contact with UFOs with. He's like, this can't just be, this is too similar, there has to be some connection. And when he brought that up to the CIA, boom, study gone, see you, Mr. Nolan. And this is an extremely high-ranking individual, super smart guy. You can watch the videos on him. He's, he's on YouTube. Uh, he has his own lab named after him here at Stanford. Uh, he's done some amazing work. This guy's got to have an IQ of like 200. I don't know. He is a regular frigging Einstein. Just listen to him. It's amazing listening to this guy talk. So anyway, it says, Immunologist and Nobel Prize nominee Dr. Gary Nolan was commissioned by the CIA to investigate cases of mysterious Havana Syndrome infl inflicting embassy officials worldwide and was conducting experiments analyzing material allegedly jettisoned in UFO flyovers. See, they're changing the narrative on you. They're complete. This, this is the mail, and I have to think that this is intentional. I mean, the New York Post, the Sun, they all did articles on this back in 2021 and 2022, long, detailed articles. Vice did this 30-minute uh, almost interview with him. And all three of them, his interview is consistent. He says, he talks about doing the uh, experiments 
on these people that were brought to him by the federal government who had been injured by UFOs. And then, like I said, I couldn't find it. It's probably been scrubbed from the Internet. But at the one of those articles, at the very end, they quote him, or maybe he have him in an interview, he says, as soon as he brought up that this Havana syndrome and this UFO injuries he was investigating looked like the same thing, that's when they shut him down. So the CIA did not... That we have, I have no evidence that the CIA hired Dr. Gary Nolan to investigate cases of the mysterious Havana syndrome. That's just an outright lie. And if somebody can show me something where it says he did, please send it to me, post it on Twitter, something. I would love to know because everything I've found so far is exactly the opposite. He started his work before the Havana syndrome was even a thing, from what I can tell. And then it, from Everything I've read in the news, the CIA has just basically swept the Savannah Syndrome under the rug. They want nothing to do with it, which tells me there's something there. What are these guys doing? For all we know, they could be they could be messing around, experimenting with uh, UFO material in other countries, and that could and they don't want us to know that, and that's why that they've shut this whole thing down. But for the, for the mail to put this in there without sourcing it, that's that's really. Uh, not ethical, in my opinion. He claims to be in contact with several former staffers of extraordinary UFO reverse engineering programs. That's true. In the interview he did with Vice, and you can look that up, it'll take you two minutes, he talks about having UFO meta material. They come back, he shows them some stuff. He says, he basically tells the Vice uh, uh, reporter that, look, what I've got is probably just like exhaust or something. And he talks about how the federal government probably has stuff that's way more advanced. Like he said, why would they care if we had this? exhaust material when they've got the engine. I think he probably does suspect more stuff, but he's not able to say it. Anyway, he says, I I have good reason to trust a number of individuals who are, were actually part of the reverse engineering, are very close to the reverse engineering programs, or who have testified to the fact, recently he said in a podcast interview earlier this year, when you testify, you're under oath, so these people are putting their careers at risk for breaking one oath of secrecy and taking another. That's correct. Those people have to understand that. They're sworn to secrecy when they go to work on these projects. And then what are they supposed to do when they're put under oath? They really are literally put between a rock and a hard place. It says AARO Director Sean Kilpatrick may have hinted that his office has indeed interviewed whistleblowers and testimony to Senator Christian Gilderbrand at a Senate Armed Services Committee hearing on Wednesday. Well, hinted, that's that's silliness. They've already come out. They've done some interviews. They were told, hey, you guys need to go back and interview some of these people who have had experiences. And what did we find about, was it uh, Collis, the guy that was the... The, uh, the military guy at the nuclear uh, missile base, was it uh, Colorado or Wyoming? Remember, they talked about the UFOs coming down. He gets a phone call, you know, 60 years later. Uh, don't tell us who the other people were. Just tell us about your experience. A complete gloss over. Okay, I'm sure they already have a good idea what happened. But they're having to go ahead and cross the dots, uh, cross the T's and dot the I's because they need to keep that funding coming in. Okay. Congress has mandated that your office establish a discoverable and accessible electronic method for potential witnesses of UAP incidents and potential participants in government UAP-related activities to contact your office to tell you stories, Gilderbrand said to Kilpatrick. Congress also set up a process whereby people who are subject to non-disclosure agreements, preventing them from disclosing what they may have witnessed or participated in, could tell you what they know without risk of retribution from the violation of their NDAs. Now, that's just stupid. I'm sorry, honey. Look, if they wanted to set up an electronic method for people to uh, tell their story, ask Newfon 
or or uh, or Norfolk or whatever it's called. This we already have UFO reporting uh, all over the internet. It's not hard to do. It's pretty pretty simple actually, and they could do that very easily if they wanted to. But they're just making excuses. They don't want it reported. They want to contain the knowledge. They want to hold the knowledge. They want to embargo us from the knowledge. And then as far as these guys uh, coming to the to the DOD, the Pentagon, to tell their story, are you crazy? You're sending them back into the lion's den to tell what they've been threatened with prison if they tell. Set up a set up a whistleblower's office uh, on Capitol Hill. Okay, you need to give these guys some kind of refuge. When do you expect that you will establish a public-facing, discoverable access porthole for people to use to contact your office, as the law requires? And then it says, thank you all very much for referring the witnesses that you have thus far to us. I appreciate that, Kirkpatrick replied. We brought in nearly two dozen so far. Oh yeah, out of 600 cases, you brought in 24 people. That's that's awesome. And some of them from 30, 40 years ago. He added that an online portal for witnesses had been submitted for approval. It would take less than an hour to build that website, okay? It's a very simple thing to do. He goes on, he says, Kirkpatrick, a veteran intelligence officer and physicist, you know, a veteran intelligence officer, why didn't you just put somebody in there from the outside, okay? Told senators his office will fully will follow scientific evidence wherever it leads, but said that AARO has found no credible evidence thus far of extraterrestrial activity, off-world technology, or objects that defy the known laws of physics. Yeah, that metal ball flying across Mosul, suspended mid-flight at high rate of speed, uh, making right turns, whatever it did, that, that didn't defy the laws of physics. No, nothing to see here. Move along. He says, another Nobel Prize nominee, CIA scientist, Dr. Hal Puthoff. Now look, I have some questions about this guy. He's got, let's just say, an interesting past. Okay, not to, not to denigrate him, but you, the skeptics have some traction here with this fellow. Okay, and I'm just going to leave it at that. So I just take it with a grain of salt. I don't like it when I see these celebrities moving into this space. When we, we have some little bit of progress, like where Congress says, okay, we're going to pass a law that gives uh, people, that, that, that eliminates previous NDAs. So we're going to allow people to come forward and be whistleblowers. We're going to pass a whistleblower law. That's actual progress, really, because then it, it uh, perhaps removes the threat of imprisonment if these guys come forward and talk about what they've seen. That's a good thing. And we can just do that. We don't need to surround that that one little advancement with all of these celebrity UFO people. I mean, where they come in and they just inject themselves into the situation in between uh, making appearances on the lecture circuit and picking up checks. I just don't like it. Okay, so it says another Nobel Prize nominee and CIA scientist, Dr. Hal Puthoff, who worked in the government's 2008-2012 UFO program called AAWSAP, told DailyMail.com that he had briefed Congress on classified information about reverse engineering programs and knew of whistleblowers who had worked in the alleged programs. Quote, I don't consider myself secretly coming out of the shadows the way whistleblowers may, he said. I can just speak to what I learned in in congressional-supported programs that they paid for. We were specifically tasked with collecting whatever evidence we could collect from military individuals, contractors, as to the reality of what evidence there is. Putoff said he knew some military contractors or officials who worked on reverse engineering programs who are now coming forward to Arrow after the new whistleblower protection was added to the NDAA. Look, they need to be able to come forward to the senator or the congressman's office. 
forcing these guys to go back into the belly of the beast to spill their guts is not a good thing. The ones I know of felt it was their respect, responsibility to tell what they knew, and they were not reticent, he said. Certain people in that category would fall into the whistleblower regime. Regime. I can't comment in detail, the former CIA laser scientist added. Well, you know what they say, once CIA, always a CIA. We just can't seem to break free of this intelligence, whatever you want to call it. A Defense Department spokesman told DailyMail.com that they have not yet found any UFO programs that were improperly kept from Congress, but they haven't finished their search. Well, you wouldn't find them because they're buried. In addition to AAR's principal mission to address current operations regarding UAP, AERO is also conducting a historical review of the government's identification and resolution of UAP activities, including speaking to witnesses for authorized disclosures as prescribed by law, DOD spokeswoman Susan Goh said. Well, isn't that nice? Susan involved. Well, look. We, uh, Bob Solis, that was his name. We talked about his report that he was contacted by these guys wanting to know about his experience back in what was in 1983 or something when the UFO shut down the nuclear silos. And they specifically said, don't name anybody that was with you that night. Have you ever heard of an investigation where the cop didn't ask for the names of everybody that was there with you? Come on. They're just doing, it's a cover up. Okay, a little frosting on the cake to shut up the Congress people, to shut up the UFO uh, crowd, and and then the debunkers can go along and say, well, we told you there was nothing there. And it says, while there had been nearly two dozen people that AARO has interviewed confidentially and securely, I don't know, they called him on the phone. He talked about it. Is that confidential and secure? I don't think so. AARO has not finished its data collection nor its analysis. We will not comment on our findings prior to reporting them to Congress. Well, no, you'll need a couple more million dollars to transcribe that phone call. As described by law, AARO has 72 hours to report to Congress any program discovered that has not been properly reported to Congress for appropriate oversight. None has been found so far. Well, sure, it's probably just Kilpatrick by himself over there in an office somewhere in the middle of the Pentagon, and he's going to report on the Pentagon. Man, not if he values his life. Documentarian James Fox told the Amazing People podcast on April 4th, 2024, that he had just interviewed at least four whistleblowers who had testified to Kilpatrick with evidence of UFO crash retrieval programs. Those people should be really, really careful if they actually do know anything. That's all I would say. I would tell everybody or tell nobody. There are elected officials that are right now coming to the realization that these programs exist, that we probably do have recovered debris, Fox said. They're hearing testimony from this whistleblower protection that's recently been signed into law. I met with intelligence folks that had just met me, had just met with Kilpatrick and met with Senate Intel. They couldn't share every single detail because it was classified, but they did with them. Some of them were retired, a lot of them were still employed. What they're basically saying is, these reverse engineering programs exist, he added. I have this on camera. Don't take it from me. Don't take my testimony. But I'm here to tell you, this is the name of the program. This is the location, blah, blah, blah. Now, look, the problem with this is, until we have transparency, what you frequently end up with is some people that can show from their employment history, their resume, that, hey, I worked at the DOD, or I did this, or I did that. They can associate a couple of alpha, uh, alphabet interests with that, and then they can travel the UFO circuit making big money on speeches. That's not how it should work. We need to have clarity. We need to have transparency. This stuff needs to be, this stuff needs to be hashed out in public hearings where, where we can all hear it, and then they can go on the public speaking tour.
It says, amid the claims of Roswell-style crash retrieval programs, on Friday, U.S. intelligence leaders held an unprecedented briefing at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, a site with deep historic rumored links to UFOs. Reports after the notorious alleged 1947 flying saucer crash in Roswell, New Mexico, claimed that the supposed wreckage was taken to Wright-Patterson. Yeah, we know all about this. And then it says, last week, CIA Director William Burns, Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines, National Security Agency Director General Paul Nakasone, and several members of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence flew to the secretive base for a meeting on topics including Chinese spy balloons, the war in Ukraine, recent links of classified documents by National Guard Airman Jack Texaria. I don't know, what is that besides a trip? I mean, what are they accomplishing? They couldn't They couldn't do that on a Zoom call? They couldn't just get together there in, in D.C.? You know, so much of this just seems like politics to me. It really does. It says one congressman publicly put the Pentagon on notice that he was aware of claims of UFO tinkering programs evading proper oversight by lawmakers during the first public hearing on unidentified objects in over 50 years last May. At the historic meeting, Wisconsin Republican Mike Gallagher entered into the congressional record an explosive document dubbed the Wilson Davis Notes. I would encourage Representative uh, Mike Gallagher not to get on a small plane anytime soon. Yeah, and anyway, the article continues on there a little ways. I'm not going to finish the whole thing out, but the gist of it is you have reportedly six whistleblowers that have come forward to tell uh, Congress members that, hey, we worked on programs that involve reverse engineering uh, uh, UFO craft and parts. And in this article, uh, it does an okay job of presenting that, but it also brings in all of the local UFO celebrities from Mellon to Louis Elizondo to Putoff, just type these guys' names in Google. These guys are, they're traveling the circuit, they're making the money, and so fine, whatever. But you have to under, you, you have to ask yourself, well, is that affecting the news that we're getting? Why is all of this really interesting news being monetized before it's released to us? Anyway, the article goes on, talks through this, and then it brings up about uh, Dr. Gary Nolan, which we've covered extensively on this program. It incorrectly reports, it's, it's, as I'm as I'm seeing it, I, I believe it's incorrectly reporting that he was hired by the CIA to investigate the Havana Syndrome, when in fact we know from the New York Post and Sun reporting that he was hired to investigate these uh, UFO injuries people sustained. 150 injured, uh, 25% of them dying from their injuries. And in uh, the course of those interviews, uh, as I recall, he came out and said that he was taken off the project when he even mentioned the correlation between those injuries and the Havana Syndrome. So you can see these uh, parallel narratives being developed as the story emerges. I mean, wow, right there at the beginning, we, we just find out that there's six whistleblowers coming forward. They send out these uh, retired deep state employees who are now UFO celebrities to kind of shepherd the story along. Um, they even insert Dr. Gary Nolan into the story, incorrectly reporting that the CIA was so concerned about the Havana Syndrome when it looks like from everything he told us that, it, that they were more concerned with covering it up. So you see how you see how you see how they form the narrative instead of just letting us instead of just rolling the dice. And whatever comes up, comes up. They're not interested in transparency. They're not interested in disclosure. And the disclosure that we're getting is uh, almost accidental. So I suppose the best that we can hope for is just to, as they say, eat the hay and leave the stubble. But 
I found the article interesting, even though it was jilted at a couple spots. And we'll keep on top of this as it develops. Hopefully something will come out of this uh, situation where these six whistleblowers come forward. And who knows, maybe we'll discover some little bit of truth mixed in with all of the deep state lies. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over now. Thank <music> you.